Welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Mike Foreman, Senior Pastor of the First Baptist Church of Level Plains. For more information about Pastor Mike and the church, please visit our website at www.fbclp.life. Let's join Pastor Mike now as he shares from God's Word. Zacchaeus is who want to find eternal life and find the Lord. There's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of blind Bartimaeuses who cannot see spiritually, but God wants to open their eyes that they may see. And see, if we say we're Jesus followers, then if Jesus was concerned about the world, then we too ought to be concerned. Let me just remind you as we begin this morning that this relationship series that we're talking about in being a Jesus follower, I just, I just want to remind you from week to week, from time to time, that you know this, this is not an original series with me. I, I'm adapting this through another guy that I, I, I'll tell you, it really impacted my Christian walk. And so I thought, man, I'm going to share that because sometimes you hear things that are just like, man, I got to share. So I've adapted it to us here at Level Plains. But listen to the main thrust. We talked about being, being a Jesus follower is all about relationships. But it's another statement I've been giving you every week. Listen to it again carefully. The Christian life is not me living for Jesus. The Christian life is Jesus living his life in and through me. Let that sink in because every week I've been trying to tell you that. And I, won't, I hope that you're, you're beginning to make that bridge. I hope, you, hope you're crossing that gap and you're beginning to understand. It's not about me trying to live for you. Because listen, if when I try to live for Jesus, I don't know about you, how you experience things, but I fail. When I try, yeah, yeah there's some days I get it right. There's some days I, I, I've had my, my, my prayer time in the morning and I've been in the Word and, you know, and I help the old lady across the street. I do good works, you know what I'm saying? There's times where I get it right. But then there's, there's days where I argue with my wife and I'm impatient with my kids and I cut somebody off on the road because I get angry. Can I get an amen? Can you relate to that? I mean, if we try to base our relationship with Jesus Christ on those things, listen, it's going to be a constant up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And we're all going to always feel, did you catch that word? We're always going to feel inadequate. But when I base my relationship with Jesus Christ on him living through me and in me in order to live out and flesh out the Christian journey, it becomes so different. Amen? Because it's his power, it's his strength, it's his spirit that lives through me. And that's the goal. And so when we begin to talk about this relationship, we talk about our, this relationship with the Father is that abiding relationship. You know, I'm supposed to abide in him. If he abides in me and I in him, guess what? I'll bear much fruit. In this relationship with each other, it is that word connectivity. It is to be connected to one another. And so we've talked about over two weeks. Remember, we talked about how it's important to be connected together. Why? Because as I'm connected to Jesus and I'm connected to you, that helps me to grow. That helps me mature in my walk with Christ. Listen, we're, we're like cheerleaders when we come together week to week, right? We're, we're cheering each other on in the faith. Remember that Hebrews text in Hebrews 10. We've talked about that. That we're to encourage and spur. Remember that word is to incite. We're to incite each other. But today I want to talk about this world. And I want to talk about 
sharing because that's what Jesus did. Jesus came into the world to share. Listen, there's two truths I want you to understand this morning. If you have a Bible or it's going to be on the screen, listen to John chapter 12, verses 45 and 46 about Jesus. This isn't the main text. We're just introducing, okay? Just give you introductions. He says, Jesus said this, and he who sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Two truths that Jesus gives us. Number one is he was sent. Do you realize that Jesus was sent into this world by the Father? Do you realize that God's intent to send Jesus into this world happened before the world was even spoken into existence? That's just a tremendous thing. I want you to think about that. But listen, before your parents even gave you a name, God knew you. That's pretty powerful. That's just good stuff. You ought to write that down. That's good. That's good stuff. When you think about God sending Jesus into the world, that was his plan from the get-go. God didn't say, well, we goofed. We made man and he sinned. What are we going to do now? And wrench his hands. No, God said all along he was going to send the son into the world. And why did he come into the world? That's truth number two. What did Jesus say? He sent me in the world that I can come in the world as a light. As a light into the world. You know what light does? Light does a couple of things, but you know what light does? First of all, it dispels darkness. Do you realize that when Jesus came into the world that the nation of Israel was at its darkest time? Do you realize that the world itself is dark? Do you realize that all the world system has to offer us is darkness? It does not offer light. And so Jesus came into the world as the light of the world in order to dispel the darkness, to push the darkness out. But that isn't all light does. Light also helps us to find hidden things. Think about that. You know, if you lose, you lose something in the dark, you put on the light so you can find it, right? And so you put the light on and you find things. Jesus put on the light so that we can find the Father. Amen? He's the light that points the way. There's no other way but Jesus. He is the only way. And so light as it dispels darkness and as it reveals the hidden things, listen, it does one last thing I want to sort of camp on for a second, and that is it makes vision possible. Do you realize that without light you cannot see? Have you ever tried to walk around in the dark? That's when toes get broke, amen? (laughs) That's when you find out your kids left the toys on the floor they shouldn't have left on the floor. You told them to pick up three, four times, right? (laughs) But light comes into the cornea of the eye and It helps us to see and without that light coming into the cornea of the eye and helping all those little thousands and millions of rods and everything in our eye, we would not be able to see. Can I just tell you that without Jesus coming into the world, we would never have seen the Father. And yet Jesus says here in John, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? Because I am the light of the world. Because here's the truth. Humanity left to ourselves will not look for God. We will not see God. Why? Because we're in sin. (laughs) And our sin has put us in darkness, in bondage, and we're hidden. You're saying, okay, preacher, but what's that got to do with me? (laughs) I see what Jesus did. What's that got to do with me? Well, if the life of a Jesus follower is Jesus living his life in and through us, then John 20, 21 
is crucial. So Jesus said to them, talking to the disciples, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. So what does that mean? What are you, what are you, what are you saying? If, if Jesus is living in and through me and he is sent into the world, then what he is doing is sending us into the world out of that relationship with him. And so you know what that means? You and I are to fulfill Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. We're the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. That's our job. That's what we are to do. That's why today's message is entitled, I Have a Mission. You and I, as we live in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, as he's living in and through us, we have been given a mission. As he has been sent into the world, we now are sent into the world. And so the big question becomes, how does that happen? How do I reveal Jesus to this world? Well, here's the good thing about it is, I'm living in relationship with God the Father. And as I'm living in relationship with God the Father, guess what? Everything flows out of there, right? So take your Bibles, and I'm going to show you in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, how does this happen? How is God going to use me in this world? <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter 2, pick up with me in verse 12. The Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. Listen to what he says. He says, furthermore, when I came to Traos to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit because... I did not find Titus, my brother, but taking my leave of them, I departed to Macedonia. Now, thanks be to God. Notice Paul going to celebrate here. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. I love that, don't you? And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Now, some of your translations won't say it that way. That's the New King James. Some of you would have revealed the mystery of God. I love this in the New King James, though, where he says that you and I are diffusers. We have a diffuser in our house, and we put the essential oils in it, and you turn it on, and it, it diffuses a smell, right? It puts a smell in the house. Now, for some reason, my wife put that in the bathroom. I don't know why, but it's in the restroom. But he says here in the text, listen, you and I, God has, God has made us diffusers, right? Notice that verse 14. Going on, he says, verse 15, for we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. He says, to the one we owe the aroma of death leading to death and to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not. As so many, he said, peddling the word of God. He said, but, he said, as of sincerity, but as from God, he says, we speak in the sight of God and of Christ. How is it possible for me to go into the world with the gospel? Hey, let me remind you, isn't that what we're praying for? We started off the year talking about evangelism. There are, there are over 100 names on the bulletin boards in our foyer of people that you're praying for and that I'm praying you're having gospel conversations with, that they would come to the knowledge of the Son, that they would be saved and be brought into the family of God. We're praying for that to happen. And here, Paul says to us, 
that God desires that as well. God wants to use you in this process. So point number one, write it down. God does it. See, why is it that we think the Christian life is lived in our own power and strength? Except we think, well, I got to do it all. No, you don't have to do it all. Listen to what Paul says in verse 14 again. He says that he leads, right? He says, now thanks be to God who always leads. See, it's God's leading. It's God who we need to turn to. It's God who we need to look to. It is him who will do it through us. We just have to let him lead. Amen. We just have to submit and surrender and let him live his life in and through us in order that he will lead us. And so in verse 14, he says he leads us. And by the way, he leads us in victory. Notice the text, verse 14. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Folks, can I just be honest with you? Most of the time we don't share the gospel because we're afraid of the outcome of that. Can I just tell you that God always leads in triumph? You say, well, preacher, that's not true because I've shared the gospel and some people didn't get saved. That doesn't mean you weren't in triumph. That doesn't mean you didn't have a victory. You know what? I kind of, every time I get to share the gospel with somebody, that's a victory. Because you know how many people don't want you to share the gospel with them? Amen? It's a victory when God leads us and gives us the opportunity to share the gospel with people. What a great victory we have. We've been able to share this blessed Jesus who we love, who rescued us and saved our souls. We get to share him with lost people. What a great privilege and a great opportunity. And Paul says, listen, even though he was a little down, he was a little depressed when he went into Traos and he couldn't find his fellow companion, Titus. When he couldn't find him, he found a way to lift his spirit. How was it? To remind himself that God wants to work in and through him to win the world. That's tremendous. I don't go as a loser. I go in victory. Amen. I don't have to go to somebody and be sheepish about the gospel. Now, we're not ignorant either. We're not foolish. But listen, we can go boldly with the gospel. Why? Because God leads in triumph. And God will lead us. But notice this. Notice what the text says again, verse 14. Because I want to camp on this a second. But this is what he says. He says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us. I love this. Through us. God is working through us to what? To diffuse the fragrance of his knowledge. You know, I turn on that diffuser in our house and it puts out steam. You know, it's really kind of nice. I like it. It's really kind of nice, you know. And sometimes I put in one of those nice fragrance and, you know, and it just... I just want to relax, you know? It's really kind of nice. I know, it's kind of pansy. It's all right. I was in the Air Force. It's okay. All right? It's okay. <laughs> right? I was in the Air Force. I, I know. I know. We're weaker vessels. I realize that. I realize that. But Chuck, they needed us, didn't they? That's right. Amen. The Army loved those F-4s flying over, dropping bombs, you know? Anyway, I'm lost. Where am I? Oh, I'm just kidding. I, I knew where I was all along. Turn on that diffuser at the house, you know? And I think about that diffuser is just a vessel, right? If you turn on the diffuser with just nothing in it, first of all, you'll burn it up. It tells you in the direction. Make sure you put water in it, you'll burn it up. But then the other thing you do is you put in your essential oil in there and you turn that thing on and it begins to put out the aroma and things. Listen, I'm just a vessel, And what God wants to do is God wants to in and through me, put in something beautiful. Here, Paul calls it the the fragrance. And specifically, he calls it the fragrance of Christ. 
And what he wants to do is he wants to use this vessel called Mike Foreman. And he wants to put in me this fragrance of Christ that he would turn me on. And I would ooze out my vessel, this beautiful fragrance to the world that is around me. That's beautiful. That is nice. That, that's, that gives me hope. That gives me joy. Because listen, I'm just a vessel. It's God who's doing the work. It's God who's putting the fragrance in. And it's God who's squeezing it out. Amen? In order that the people around me be blessed. But, but don't miss the point. Because notice the text. Notice the text. Notice the text. Verse 14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge. That is, that he is letting Christ be known. And notice what he says in the text. In every place. What is God's design? Is that everywhere I go, he wants to use me to be a fragrant in the world. Everywhere I go, every location that I may be in, God desires to use that in my life, through my life, for the good and the salvation of other people. That, wow. And Paul would ask this question in verse 16. And who is sufficient for these things? Paul says, you know, am I even capable? Is it even possible? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, he answers the question. Listen to what he says. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves. He says to think of anything as being from ourselves. Listen, if you think you're God's gift and you think you know everything and you're going to straighten every Christian out and you're going to straighten every lost person out, you think you're God's gift. Let me tell you something, bucko. You better back up. Because the apostle Paul just said that there's no one that's sufficient. There's not a single person that's sufficient. He said, we are not sufficient to think anything is being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Amen? Amen. I am sufficient to tell people about the gospel, to live the Christian life. Why? Because of my relationship with the Father. Amen. Amen. Praise God for that. Number two, write it down. God does it. As the overflow of my relationship with him. We've been saying that over and over again. But I want you to see it in verse 15. Look at verse 15. He says, for we are to God the fragrance of Christ. Listen, did you catch what he just said? When you and I are sharing the gospel. When you and I are living the Christian life. Listen, we are this fragrance back to God. Do you realize that when you're sharing the gospel with lost people. You're just as much sharing the gospel back to heaven. Think about that. God's listening in. Why? Because it's him doing it through you anyway. And so he says to us that it is God, he says, who is, who is doing it. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So we are this fragrance. We are, God is using us. Remember Clyde Cranford. I used a couple of quotes earlier in the ser- sermon series, but listen to what he says. If we are walking in intimacy with Christ, The sweet smell of his presence in our lives, he says, rises first to the nostrils of God as a fragrant aroma. Then this fragrance disseminates to those around us. And that what Paul just said in verse 15, it says it is, he said, we are to God, this fragrance of Christ. And then among those who are being saved and those who are perishing, it goes to God first, then it comes back. God is in my overflow of relationship doing that. Again, go back to verse 14, and he says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us. 
See, he's, what is he leading us in? We didn't talk about it the last time, but let's get back to it. He says he's always leading us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses, listen, the fragrance of his knowledge. What is this knowledge of God? Some translations may call it the mystery. It's just a revealing of his son. It's just revealing this relationship that you and I can have through Jesus Christ. It's our responsibility to help people to understand that, that they can connect to the Father only by Jesus Christ. There's no other way. There's no other opportunity for people to be right with God but through Jesus. It is our responsibility to do that, that that through our relationship with God and relationship with others, Christ becomes visible around us and through us. We are living sent. Amen? Sent out. And when I think about this statement, listen to the statement this guy made. This is a very powerful statement that that this pastor made. He said, living sent is not about evangelism and missions. See, that's what we want to do. We want to make, okay, I got to go share the gospel and I got to send missionaries and we got to pay money. But listen to what he says. Living sent is not really about evangelism and missions as much as it is about Christ-likeness. Wow. That is him living in and through me. He was sent. He sends me into the world. How does that happen? God does it. He's working in and through me. How does that happen? Listen, it happens because out of the overflow of my relationship with God, I'm related to other people, to you first and then to the world. And then lastly, how does it happen practically? Because here's the, here's the reality of There's got to be some feet to the truth. Amen? So where, where is the feet of the truth? Well, here it is. God does it through my life and my lips. <laughs> now, those two are important because I want you to understand something. We have no problem with the first statement. We have no problem saying God is going to use my life. We have no problem with that, even though sometimes we don't live life like we should. But listen to Paul's words again as he says, he says, through us... He diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we, he said, we are to God the fragrance of Christ. It is us. It is is God's instrument of choice is you and it's me. I don't know why he wants to do that, but that's what he does. Amen. I, I just know that as Jesus lives in and through me, God wants to use that for the gospel, to reach a lost world. To, to help men and women, boys and girls, come to a knowledge of the truth. Amen. And he does that again in every place, every location that we go. Listen to Matthew 28, 19. You've heard it many a times. Go therefore, he says, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Isn't that what Jesus was doing? He was going and making disciples. That's the thrust of the text. Matthew 5, 16. Listen, he said, you are this light. He says, so what? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And what? Glorify your Father in heaven. If I could say anything that you would get when we talk about living our life, listen to this. This is so crucial. You need to write this down. We authenticate the message of Jesus by the lives we live. We authenticate the message of Jesus by the lives we live. Does Jesus change people? That's what the world wants to know. See, they're open to the gospel, but here's what they're looking for. Are you genuine? Is it real? Because see, there's been so much peddling of the gospel, but there's not been any lifestyles to back it up. 
People are living like the devil. And then they feel guilty sometimes. And so they begin to tell me, well, let me tell you about Jesus. Well, I, don't hear from, I don't want to hear about Jesus from somebody who don't even have their life together. Amen? I don't want to hear somebody that's supposed to be a Jesus follower who's told the same dirty jokes I've told, who's gone to the same bars that I've gone to, who's gone to the same gentleman club I've been going to, who, you know, cheats on the job like I do. I don't want to hear about Jesus from that guy. Amen? Can I just be honest? And neither do you, but neither does the world. And so what we're praying and we're asking is if God is living in and through me, that my lifestyle will authenticate the message of the gospel, that yes, the gospel does change. It changes people. Amen. It'll take that daddy who's a drunk and make him sober. Amen. It'll take that drug addict and clean him up. That's what it does. That's what Jesus does. In genuine salvation, that's what he does. Because that's the power of the gospel. Robert Lewis, in a book entitled The Church of Irresistible Influence, said this. It's a long quote, but listen to it. He says, the world is tired of the church impersonally talking it down and chewing it up. What the world waits to see is whether what we have is better than what they have. <laughs> they think what bridges they think what bridges uh, we could build if we truly follow the example of the New Testament church. He said we would go beyond being seeker sensitive to a new frontier of being get this now, community admired. We would be known not just by the corner we inhabit, but by the city for which we interact. The people would be drawn to God, not because of the weekly show in our churches, but by the irrefutable lives we incarnate. It's not about being seeker friendly. It's not about having all the lights and the show and the smoke and all that stuff. And there's a church across town doing all that stuff. You say, well, yeah, they're drawing, you know, 1,200, 1,400 people. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Is there, is there truth going on? You know, is the gospel for real? You know what I'm saying? Are, are, are we doing the things that God is asking us to do through the New Testament? Are we a New Testament church? You know, are, are we preaching this irrefutable? But are we, most importantly, are we living lives that show that we're changed and different? Because my Bible tells me, listen, my Bible tells me we're pilgrims passing through. And the world thinks we're strange. Now, that doesn't mean we have to be like the old crazy homeschool jokes, okay, and be weird. It's not that we're weird people. Some of y'all got that. It's not that we're weird people, but we're different. We're different. Then, listen, not just through my life, but through my lips. Listen to what Paul says again. He says in the the text, go to to verse uh, 15, he says, For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are He says, being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, verse 16, we are the aroma of death leading to death. And to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. Simply what he's saying is there, there are those we're going to share the gospel with who will not be saved. And that gospel, by the way, is going to be the very thing that condemns them in the end. They're not going to be able to say, well, I didn't know. But then there are some people who are going to to get saved. Amen. They're They're going to be led into life. And then he says in this, who is sufficient for these things? In verse 17, for we are not... As so many peddling the word of God. He goes on and says, 
but of sincerity. But as from God we speak. That word sincerity means pure. It means that that we're giving them the unadulterated gospel. That is, we're not mixing stuff in. We're not peddling a lie. We're peddling the truth. We're giving them something that's true. It's not, sincerity has nothing to do with the attitude in which you're giving it. It's about what you're giving. Are you giving a sincere, unadulterated, pure, not watered down gospel? And I'm afraid too many churches are. All right, here's the point. Let me give you a statement and I'll be done. As I live a life that authenticates the message of Jesus, remember, that's my life. Here's what it does. It opens doors for me to share his life-changing message with others. Nobody's going to listen until you're living it. How do you live it? (laughs) It's God living in and through me. I'm not living it. It's him living in and through me. If I surrender my life, If I realize and acknowledge it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, there's the secret. Let's pray. Thank you for listening today. And remember, you can find more information about Pastor Mike and the church at our website, www.fbclp.life.